0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Off Grid with me, Dave. And me, Void. It's the Not Really About Crosswords podcast. And as always, before the episode, we've snuck up on a cryptic crossword and written all over it. Picked some interesting words to expound upon at length and some clues we liked to explain at (laughs) shorts.
1: If you want to have a look at the puzzle we looked at... It was set by Falcon in the Financial Times on Tuesday the 19th of April 2022, and that is their number 17072. We'll put
0: a link to it in the blog notes so you can check that out if you like, but you don't have to. And to follow all of that, we'll then get quizzed on some stuff inspired by the puzzle. And of course, quizzing relies upon
2: general knowledge. General, how are you? Oh, I'm very well, thank you. It's uh, Yes, it's a great pleasure to, to be here and uh, up here as general knowledge today. Thank you very much. Nice to have you on. So, our
1: favourite clues then. We'll read them out for you and we'll revisit them and explain them a
2: little later in the pod. Uh, general, what was your favourite clue, please? Uh, I think my favourite uh, was 14 across, which read, Question, perhaps asked when greeting wife was then outrageous, Uh, and it was two words, uh, five and three. And Dave?
0: Uh, And mine was 15 down, which said, casserole at last in bistro, controversial issue. And that was also two words, three and six. And what about yours?
1: Well, I went for a single word one, a very short one. 25 down, unruly bunch kept in Guantanamo Bay, three letters. As I say, we'll come back to those in a bit. But first of all, General, which word did you pick out of the puzzle to inspire you to chat to us about something?
2: Uh, I picked out Land's End, and it took me back to a time in uh, the summer of 2011 where I decided I would walk from Land's End to John Groats. Oh, wow. (laughs) And I had not had any long-distance walking practice before, And in fact, my sole practice was a few days before I was due to set off, I walked from seeing my friends in central London to where I was then living in South London. (laughs) 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 But I'd, I'd kind of envisaged it as an art project because I'd been mainly working on very surreal biro drawings until that point, which was sort of often involved of bizarre collections of monsters uh, that uh, were sort of distorted and interacting with each other in very obscure and mysterious ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I was just going to
1: say, did you, uh, th- this little practice session in London, I wondered if you thought of it as your first leg of the journey. <laughs> well, <laughs> I didn't that you said it was your
2: sole practice. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, I, I suppose... I was uh, was aware that it was a fairly inadequate <laughs> practice session, but uh, I felt like I was really drawn to how beautiful the landscapes of the countryside were and felt that that wasn't anything that I'd particularly paid tribute to in my art at all. And I thought I, I bought these, uh, this set of watercolours and a set of watercolour postcards that you could paint on and thought I would do this great catalogue of my journey as I went along. So so not just walking the distance, but stopping to do
0: paintings along yes, the way. Yes, How long Ye- did you set aside for this task?
2: I sort of, I just sort of set off and uh, <laughs> thought I'd see how it went. We'll get there when we get there. <laughs> yes. So I, I took a, a bus to Cornwall from London and um, I uh, drifted off to sleep on the bus and I was woken by the man in front of me turning to me and grinning and saying, wakey, wakey. And he was this brown-eyed man. Uh, he immediately launched into this tale about how the following year, the world would come to an end because there would be a war between uh, the brown-eyed and the blue-eyed, <laughs> and the brown-eyed would win. And he was clearly very serious about this. And But he he said it all with such a roguish smile that it was hard to feel threatened by it even <laughs> even despite the fact that he was clearly identifying me with being on the losing side in this war did he have anything to say about us green-eyed people hey the role of the rest of the humanity in this war was uh left completely unspoken i have no That's idea bystanders <laughs> yes and i thought I, I decided that i would uh would draw his portrait for my first uh, drawing in this in this collection so I did and it sort of felt that meeting such a a strange man <laughs> was a, a prophecy of, of some great adventure to come and um, I ended up walking through Helston which I later discovered uh, from in fact hearing it mentioned in a quiz that it's uh, mainland Britain's southernmost town and um, doing a mm-hmm. pub quiz there and it was a very creatively run pub quiz with a sort of Final puzzle where you had to fit pieces together and work out what they had in common, and that's sort of what kind of sparked my enthusiasm in the cryptic side of quizzes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I had this strange encounter in Devon when i was I was sitting painting in a field, and there were cows at the very far end of the field. It was a fairly wide, uh, bumpy, hilly field, and the cows I noticed upon looking up were sort of inching ever closer. Um, but still sort of relatively far away. Soldiering. Yes. And then there was one cow who had presumably been kind of sent as a scout um, <laughs> to investigate me uh, and who came up separate from the herd. And then once she had arrived, all the rest of them approached fairly quickly. In fact, so quickly that I was very intimidated and scarpered uh, <laughs> over the gate and then I realised I'd left all my metal box of watercolour postcards that I'd been drawing on still in the field surrounded and guarded by these cows and (laughs) I eventually thought I can't just leave all my paintings behind, I've got to do something about it and the cows were all they were leaning their heads over the gate towards me, their faces sort of undulating (laughs) and it was somehow a very uh, intimidating and unsettling sight We've got your pictures now. <laughs> <laughs> and I I eventually decided I had to just sort of try and make a lot of noise and attempt to frighten the cows away from my pictures as much as I could. And I sort of uh, gave a great of roar and uh, thundered my way over the gate. And they backed off just enough to let me pick up my tin of pictures, which was just covered in cow drool. Um, <laughs> and I think I would booked a room in a little bed and breakfast to stay that night. And um, when I arrived there, they had a framed copy of an Edward Lear poem, which read, there was an old man who said, how shall I flee from this horrible cow? Well, that's how it began. It seems, yes. Yes, after I'd been walking for about um a month and I got to I got to Lancashire and uh I had to go back because my dad was very ill and he died soon afterwards.
1: Yeah. But I decided
2: oh. I would continue the walk after his funeral. Mm. Uh, and I did so and I thought that I wanted to do something to show that I hadn't lost the momentum mm. from my walk. And I decided I was going to do this this massive walk in one day, and I I planned it out, and it was from um, from Earby in Lancashire to Hawes in Wensleydale. In fact, just today I checked what the distance was in Google Maps, and the walking distance according to Google Maps is just over is thirty three point four miles. That's a fair day's hike. Yes, and I I'm not quite sure that I took the most direct route either, <laughs> so I am. Um, I don't know how much I would have added to that, but I um, ended up sort of, yeah, walking along these paths. I was going uh, a lot of the way along the Pennine Way, and at one point I'd been walking for hours and hours and hours, and I was going up this very, very long, sort of wide track up a hill, and the further I got, the lonelier it seemed to get, and the Mm. darker it got. And it came to a point where it was really growing gloomy. And I'd booked a bed in this hostel, this backpacker's hostel. Um, and I, it suddenly dawned on me that I might not get there in time. And it had been hours since I'd seen any other sign of human life, besides presumably the fact that humans had, had made this path. <laughs> and then the mm-hmm. path branched off onto this much narrower path that was very hard to discern in the undergrowth particularly as all I had was the light of my mobile phone it ended up gro- it had grown pitch black and I decided that because I was on this quite steep hillside I thought that I mustn't go any further and I thought I would uh, I would try and sleep on this hillside and it was the warmest night of the year but I still didn't have a tent uh, or anything of the sort so I was feeling pretty pretty chilly and my teeth were chattering Uh, And I thought that I heard the sound of livestock fairly nearby, (laughs) but it was so dark I couldn't see anything, and I was so tired I just decided to curl up and and try to sleep. Um, I now
0: have this image of you waking up being licked by
2: goats. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that, yeah, before going to sleep, I I brought a copy of Wuthering Heights with me, which I'd never read before, and I, I... read some of it by the light of my mobile phone and then had these sort of fitful dreams where I kept thinking about Nellie Dean, who's the, I think she might be the housekeeper. She's one of the characters in Wuthering Heights. and um, Yeah. She narrates it. it, I think. She narrates a lot of it, yeah. yes. And I sort of, the thought of this Nellie Dean kept somehow echoing through my head as I, as I went to sleep. But I kept thinking... Yes I was thinking to myself that my dad had been a very adventurous man in his way and this was in in a way a tribute to him after his death and, and I woke at about four and discovered that there didn't seem to be any sign of livestock where I was at all uh, so they must have either sneaked away very subtly or I must have entirely imagined them mm-hmm. and saw that beneath the hill where I was going there was quite a a wide clear track leading clearly to the village uh, which was (laughs) which was nearly my destination. It was an extraordinary time I sort of I think my painting slightly went downhill because I became so determined to finish the walk as quickly as I can as quickly as I could that I began to walk further every day and without uh, giving myself enough time to sit and (laughs) and find places to do paintings and i i remember one one day i was i sort of arrived at my hostel but so so exhausted but still with the realization that i had yet to do my painting for the day that i just i slumped on the bed which was tilted away from angled away from the window but I sort of tilted the mirror so that I could just make out the pine tree outside the window from my bed. Uh-huh. And Draw that through the window. Yeah, I drew a very uh, a very brief sketch of this pine tree and then and then fell asleep. And when I did mm. make it to John Groats, I chanced upon this girl I'd met in Bristol, whom I told about my walk. And she was this Russian girl. And um, uh, it turned out that she had been so intrigued by by hearing of my quest that she decided to check out uh, John Groats of her own accord and she happened to um, to arrive there at exactly the same time as I did which was... That's amazing. Right. Oh, it's you again. <laughs> yes. How long have you been waiting here for me?
1: <laughs> so how long in the end did the, the two legs of your journey take Uh In, in
2: to? total uh, not including uh, the time spent in London um, mm. about two months
1: that doesn't seem too bad at all.
2: Yeah, I discovered that that I was a slow and steady walker. <laughs> that I I tended to walk at a fairly slow pace, but without needing to stop very often for breaks. That's probably why, sir. I'm a I'm a fast walker, but
0: I think if I was doing a long distance walk, I would suddenly fairly soon not be one anymore.
1: <laughs> what is this life? If full of care, we have no time to stand and stare. Hmm.
0: Yes. Uh, come back to my clue. Oh, um, yes. If you recall, it was casserole at last in Bistro, controversial issue 3-6. And I think this is an example of how it's perfectly legitimate solving technique to guess an answer based on the likely definition and then see how the word play <laughs> might lead up to it. <laughs> um, yeah. It's... One of those where you look at it and you think controversial issue 3 6, that must be the definition. Hot potato, yeah, that'll be it. And then you look back at the rest of the clue and go, hmm, ah, casserole, hot pot, very nice. <laughs> and then just at is at, and last in bistro is oh, hot pot at oh. since we just mentioned Lancashire as well. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, Void, where are you going to take us off the beaten path?
1: Well, I have a tale of wanderings as well, because I picked the word tourist trap from the puzzle. Mm -hmm. And a long time ago, when the world and I were young, I was doing a bit of wandering around Europe, and I found myself in Genoa with a few days to spare before I was due to meet up with some friends. So I figured... I had enough time to go and spend a day in either Rome or Venice. I can't remember if I tossed a coin, but let's say it came down heads and I went to Rome. So I took the train down to Rome and got into the Stazione Centrale and bought a map and thought, right, where shall I go? And I thought, oh, that's fairly near the station. Right, I will go to The Flavian Amphitheatre, to start my wanderings. Have you heard of that place?
2: Vaguely, yes. It it rings a bell, but I know very little about it. No, quite
0: the same, yeah.
1: Well, there's a a little bit of a tie-in with another answer in the puzzle, which is Arena. Uh, The Flavian Amphitheatre was built, or started to be built, in the reign of Vespasian.
0: Is this sort of chariot races kind of... uh...
1: It is that kind of venue, yeah. yeah. It was finished in the reigns of his sons, Titus and Domitian, and their family name was Flavius, so hence it was called the Flavian Amphitheatre. Yeah. But you might know it better by another name, because it's more famously called the Colosseum. Uh-huh. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> so I arrived at the Colosseum and looked at him and went, wow, that's amazing. And there were loads of other people. staring and going wow and taking lots of selfies of themselves as well as opposed to
0: selfies of other people
1: thank you (laughs) (laughs) so i stared at it for a bit and um i i tried to wander in i think at the time if i remember rightly you could go into a little bit of it but not mainly into the middle but yeah this is massive arena which used to be used for gladiator fights and i read Somewhat surprisingly, naval battles, because they used to flood mm. the middle of it mm. and reenact these naval battles.
2: What extraordinary.
1: But, but the word arena or harina, it's Latin for sand, which is something mm. I didn't know until I just looked it up.
2: Yeah, I think what, what I've heard is that they put sand down there to soak up the blood, and that that's that's why it's derived from uh, from a word for sand. I think that rings a bell, yeah Yeah.
1: (laughs) So, yes, I wandered away from the Colosseum (laughs) Along uh, this area Which has just loads and loads of temples and old ruins And it was just astounding, really If you ever get to go to Rome Then, yeah, stand and gawp, it's amazing But as I was walking along this area A little lad, about, I don't know, seven or eight came up to me and started jabbering at me in Italian, which I do not speak. And uh, clearly he was he was begging and asking me for some money. And I did not have any money. <laughs> I was saying, oh, sorry, lad, no. And he kept asking me and tugging at my sleeve. And then suddenly his little sister was there and she was uh, tugging at my trousers and saying, oh, please, please, please give me some money in Italian. And eventually I I said, no, no, and pushed them away and walked away. I was on a very tight budget and, yeah, sorry, couldn't spare any money. Anyway, I walked away and a few moments later, there's a tap on my arm and I turned around and there's this same lad standing there looking at me with his arm outstretched towards me, holding my wallet. (laughs) So ah. clearly, <laughs> I had walked into a tourist trap. He didn't say anything, he just held it out to me. So I took it from him. And I looked in the wallet, and all my stuff was still there, and all my money was still there. And I looked back at him, and he wasn't saying anything, and he didn't have his hand out. He was just looking at me, <laughs> and I said, Yep, okay, fair enough. <laughs> You got me And uh, I I did Give him a note I don't know, a fiver or something Whatever the equivalent was So, uh, yeah, these days I wear a wallet that's attached to my belt By a chain Yeah, (laughs) But yeah, Rome Can recommend Excellent Shall we go to another clue Explanation General would you like to read your clue again and explain how it works,
2: please? My clue was question perhaps asked when greeting wife was then outrageous, and I I rather liked it um, because the the surface reading was quite quirky, and it made me imagine what kind of outrageous questions this <laughs> crossword setter might have asked their wife. <laughs> yes, and I rather liked how it how it worked. The definition part is question perhaps asked when greeting. Uh, if you remember, the answer is is what's new? So uh, wife was represented by the initial W, and then uh, outrageous indicates that was then is to be anagrammed, and that provides the rest of the answer.
0: Yeah, that's a nice one. Yeah. Cool.
1: Dave, where are you taking us on our travels today?
2: Uh Spain,
0: down the middle of the grid. 15 letter uh, answer down the middle was tilt at windmills which the dictionary defines as to struggle with imaginary opposition from the story of don quixote who charged at windmills under the misapprehension that they were giants mm-hmm. now
2: i've not read don quixote i confess have either of you i've read the uh, book 1 of the two books of don quixote and mm-hmm. and rather enjoyed it and i i didn't stop for any Uh, particularly good reason. I think I just got distracted. I remember I was reading a very dated translation of it and one character said something like praise be to Allah and there was a footnote and the translator had explained the Moors call God Allah. (laughs) (laughs) That is dated. I have read it and I have read the book too as
1: well which I Mm. specify because (laughs) oh boy you've missed out. Oh no. Because Don Quixote is absolutely amazing and everyone should read it because uh, book one tells the story or starts to tell the story of this crazy old chap who goes on his wanderings and imagining stuff but in book two book two is set in the same world but after book one has been published
0: yeah, and so there's people who have read book read one, book one. And are meeting him. <laughs> and, yes, exactly. They say, oh,
1: I've read about your <laughs> travels. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Yeah, it's fantastic.
0: Yeah. Oh. So generally considered to be the first modern novel, as you said, published in two parts. The first one was in 1605. So that's about the same time that Shakespeare was putting out the Scottish play. Mm-hmm. And the second part was about ten years later, in sixteen fifteen. So, for those who haven't read it, he's a sort of he's a sort of minor nobleman who's read too many medieval chivalric romances and driven himself a bit uh, a bit nutty with them uh, sort of tales of heroic knights fighting monsters and giants for the favours of ladies and all this kind of stuff. So he's got his broken down old horse Rosinante and goes out to carry out these imagined quests. So, tilt in the phrase "tilting at windmills" is like in the jousting sense. It's a term that we don't really have anymore uh, to charge against an opponent with a lance. I thought I'd have a quick look at the etymology of mm. tilt first of all. Um, as it's, it's it's really in, old.
1: In the phrase, it's it's when the the knights lower their lances from vertical to horizontal. First, I think.
0: Well, it's it's the kind of. Uh, mock fight competition with t- of two of them attacking each other with their lances. Yeah, right. Tilt itself comes all the way back to Middle English citations from around fourteen hundred. Mm-hmm. Uh, at that point, meaning to knock someone or something down or over, and that in turn comes from an Old English adjective tilt, t e a l t, which meant unsteady. And citations for that go all the way back to one thousand.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: As an aside, did you notice the word Lothario when you read the story?
2: I think think Lothario
0: is a is a minor character in a sort of story within a story.
2: Yes, I think I remember this. He sort of is he the one whose friend hires him to attempt to seduce his wife to prove uh, her fidelity, and then that backfires on his friend. (laughs) Something
0: like that. Well, that's, that's the origin from which we get the word Lothario now. Mm. But at any rate, this kind of thing of Quixote mistaking windmills for giants to fight. If we fast forward to 1971, Hollywood, we have a movie about another man suffering sort of paranoid delusions of being a character from something he's read. We have George C. Scott playing a judge by the name of Justin Playfair who, following his wife's death, starts to imagine himself to be Sherlock Holmes. (laughs) Uh, And after his brother attempts to get him put into a mental institution, uh, his case attracts the attention of a psychiatrist, played by Joanne Woodward, uh, and her character's name happens to be Watson, (laughs) just by by (laughs) coincidence and so of course he draws her into his fancy fantasies because oh doctor Watson you know um but the point here is that they in this case they get to discussing don quixote's imaginings and justin gives this quote he says of course he carried it a bit too far he thought that every windmill was a giant and that's insane but thinking that they might be well All the best minds used to think the world was flat, but what if it isn't? It might be round, and bread mould might be medicine. If we never (laughs) looked at things and thought of what they might be, why, we'd all still be out there in the tall grass with the apes. And it's that line that gives the film its title. Do you know the name of the film I'm thinking of here?
2: Uh. I've been trying to think. I've been wondering that. I I know there's a band called They Might Be Giants, and I'm suddenly wondering whether that was taken from the name of the film. You get one internet point for you there, General. That's exactly (laughs) what it is. The film was called
0: They Might Be Giants, and that's where the band got their name from. Excellent. Brilliant. Anyway, uh, Void, let's have the explanation from your clue.
1: Yes, my favourite clue was... Unruly Bunch, Kept in Guantanamo Bay. Three letters. And this is a very, very simple clue. Kept in is telling you that the answer is inside of, literally inside of, the phrase Guantanamo Bay. And yeah, it's the M-O at the end of Guantanamo and the B from the start of Bay to spell out mob for a definition of unruly bunch. And... I liked it just because it was so simple and a very clear, surface yeah. reading.
0: Neat one, isn't it?
1: Yeah. I mean, not every cryptic crossword clue has to be a torturous device <laughs> for, <laughs> <laughs> for making the silver rack their brains forever.
2: General. Torture us with your quiz. yes yes so I have three questions inspired by the crossword we've been solving so the first one is I haven't explained which clue this is inspired by because it would slightly give the answer away but the question is what do the following films have in common so there's the Hindi film Singham the 1989 film Batman the 1999 film The Mummy and Mary Poppins Hmm. I don't know the first one. Well, um, you might be able to work it out from the uh, the other three instead. The 19... Yeah, the first one was a was a big commercial hit in India, but uh, uh, yeah, it's a sort okay. of an Indian the action, 1989 action film.
1: Nineteen eighty nine Batman film was Tim the first okay, Tim, it Burton, Tim Burton. Burton one, yes. yes. Had a
2: Joker
1: in it. So, sorry, what were the, the next two? So it
2: was the nineteen ninety nine film, The Mummy.
1: Oh yeah, oh, uh, Brendan Fraser. Yeah, it was Brendan Fraser. Oh, yes. yeah. yeah,
2: and Mary Poppins. And Mary Poppins.
1: Mary Poppins flies at some point. Batman (laughs) probably
2: jumps off a building and flies (laughs) at some point. (laughs) Um. It's not necessarily related to characters within those films, or uh, you don't need to have seen any of the films themselves or know what happens in them. So Mm. is it
0: merely something relating to the titles of
2: the films? It's something, something relevant to the titles of the films.
1: Okay, Batman and the Mummy. Although you do
2: need to know a little bit about uh, the uh, the films, but not necessarily anything that happens in them or anyone involved in making them. <laughs> <laughs> but it is hmm. So you do need um, to have a little bit of general knowledge. Prince but... did a soundtrack
1: to Batman. <laughs> the whole album, but I don't think he did any of the other ones.
0: No, <laughs> in I, fact, there I, were two soundtrack albums for the, for Batman, one by Prince and one by Danny Elfman. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, yeah, so I don't think that's relevant.
1: <laughs> Arcade Triple
0: mm. Sec, I'm just going through the answers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm I'm,
2: I'm... cowboy. Pushing for a clue,
0: I think, to be honest with you. Uh, can
2: you. Can you steer us? Think about what happened after these films were made. Oh, well, they've all had at least one sequel. Yes, and you're thinking along the right lines there.
0: Is it uh, ones in which the lead character or the, the title character is played by a different actor? Uh that was uh, that was not what I was thinking of because I, uh, I'm not entirely sure. I mean, I, I know Michael um, Keaton Vosloo does was... the role of
2: Batman in, uh, in, in the next in
0: film. The, yes, but then um, after that there were two or three others. I mean, there was uh, Val Kilmer and George Clooney and uh,
1: did an actor in the first film come back in the sequel to play a different
2: character? That would have been a very nice Ooh. connection, but I uh, I don't believe so. I think uh, yeah. I like thinking. Yes, I like the thinking as well. But this is uh, this is possibly possibly a simpler connection, and it is related to titles. So, uh, I is,
0: think... is this? Or do we all have the original title with a with a, a verb like returns or? Not Something just like. a verb like Returns.
2: <laughs> it is actually Returns. <laughs> yes. The Mummy Returns,
1: <laughs> Batman Returns.
2: Mary Poppins Returns. Mary
1: Poppins Returns, yeah. Ah, I, didn't, I, didn't I didn't even it. know the name of the new Mary Poppins film, <laughs> so yes yeah. Oh, well, there we are.
2: I got there in the end. Uh, yes, you certainly that's... did. Oh, nice. And uh, the next one was, uh, I can tell you now without, uh, without giving anything away, was uh, inspired by the clue, uh, Cab Charge Beginning to Irk. Uh, and this made me think about the word irk, and the word irk uh, made me think about the word vex. And uh, this isn't quite the question, uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, this is just a, a rather fiendish introduction to the question. Uh, do you know what's particularly significant about the words irk and vex? It hmm. looks like a Latin root, to vex. Hmm. Yeah, this I'm is this is quite a tricky one to work out. It is a, it's a wordplay yeah. related.
0: Question. Well, if you put the word Urk and the word Vex next to each other, they've got the first three Roman numerals in them. I, V, <laughs> X. Oh,
2: that's rather good. Yes, I might... You uh, might snaffle that for use elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, I might tell you what, uh, what I was thinking of, which is they're not only loosely synonymous, but they are, I believe it's called Rot 13 of each other. Oh. 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 So if you shift each letter in the word Urk... 13 places in alphabetical order you get the word vex very nice and i believe they're the only synonymous words that have that property and uh yes and this of course if you think of the alphabet as sort of a continuous loop so that if you uh increase the letter z by one you get a mm-hmm. but uh and what i was going to ask <laughs> as a springboard from that is that uh which pair of words uh, are also rot 13 of each other but one word may be spelt backwards to produce the other one, and one of these words denotes an insect, and the other a sharp taste. So,
0: well, I can I I can think of a sort of four letter words. Are we thinking of there here? Yeah,
2: You are thinking of four letter words.
0: Yes, well, I can think of something that fits the the clue part of that. I I did not know
2: that they were rot thirteen of each other. Yes, yeah, so would you like to pipe up with your answer? I think we have tang and gnat. You certainly do. Very well uh, done. <laughs> oh that's neat. Uh yes, and I think they might be maybe the only certainly the only common words that have that property which are also also spell each other backwards. Mm. The third question, and the third and final question I've got for you, was inspired by the clue skin cream said to come from a highland castle. And my question inspired by that is in nineteen eighty one, which then seventy three year old actress thanked boozy skin cream for making her a part of modern times <laughs> so
0: this is, this is We're... modern times with initial capitals on it, isn't it's, it's, <laughs> it's not
2: it's not it's not like the charlie chaplin film oh. times, oh. it's modern times taken fairly literally but um okay. yes 73 perhaps, in 1983 perhaps not all of this one. clue should be taken quite literally so born in yes born 1908. No, or thereabouts So, which then 73 year old actress thanked Boozy Skin Cream for making her a part of modern times I've not heard of Boozy Skin Cream before uh, no.
1: <laughs> now I'm wondering if this actress was referring to her work at the time in 1981 or her work earlier, ooh hang on 1981, that's about when On Golden Pond came out Is it Catherine Hepburn?
2: it wasn't Catherine Hepburn oh, I'm afraid mm-hmm. um, good thinking but I, yes, not all of this clue is literal. So if you think about, think what I might be doing with the word boozy if it's not necessarily to be taken literally. Do we want a
1: synonym of boozy, and we get a brand name or something
2: like that? Uh, you don't, you don't necessarily want a synonym of boozy. Uh, imagine that this is not unlike a cryptic crossword in the way it's phrased. Are, are you using it as an anagram indicator? Do we want an anagram <laughs> skin thing? Yep, I, I was using it as an anagram indicator. Of modern times. Oh. So is, is the actress an anagram of skin cream? Uh, the actress isn't an anagram of skin cream, but the actress thanked an anagram of skin cream and...
1: Mark <laughs> Senes. <laughs>
2: yes, who was thanked by, uh, by this actress for uh, for keeping her in the zeitgeist.
1: Mm-hmm. So it's going to be someone who's younger than her. yes. Rick, Nick, (laughs) Nick (laughs) Mazer.
2: Yes, it's a singer uh, you're looking for. uh,
1: Kim Carnes.
2: Kim Carnes. So the answer is Betty Davis. It is Betty Davis. Well done. I'm afraid I had not heard of Kim Carnes. She's- yes, she had a hit with a song called Betty Davis Eyes, which was a. I have cover heard of that of, song. I did not know who was responsible for it. Jackie DeShannon was the songwriter, and as well, she and Donna Weiss uh, wrote the song, and Jackie DeShannon uh, released the original version, and then um, Kim Carnes had a much bigger hit with a cover version of it. Oh, ah, okay. Uh, Yes, Betty Davis also thanked Donna Weiss and Jackie DeShannon in case you thought that Betty Davis had not given credit to the original songwriters. She, she had. <laughs> Easy skin cream. Fantastic. Goodness me.
1: Right, all, all the crossword setters who are listening to this, no, no, it's not yours. Put it down, walk away. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, that was excellent. It was, yes, I rather enjoyed setting those questions. This has been
0: Off Grid. Thanks for listening. Whilst Twitter continues to be a thing, you can find me there at Skirwingle. And if you're a crossword solver, you'll find my puzzles at crossword.info forward slash Skirwingle. And I'm on Twitter as
1: TheVoidTLMB. And I have the prize crossword out in the April edition of One Across magazine, which you're just about in time to pick up, download, etc. and enter. If you're listening to this in the day or two after it goes out. Uh, I will also have a new puzzle out on the 8th of May on my blog, tlmb.net slash blog. And that's one that I think you will appreciate
2: general actually. Oh, excellent. What would you like to recommend this time around general? Yes, there's a, um, a website I've started using when compiling word puzzles, which I'm very fond of, and which I discovered in an interview with a cryptic crossword compiler. It's Q U I N A P A L U S dot scom forward slash uh, Q-A-T dot H-T-M-L. And it's... Uh, It's something that is very helpful if you're compiling quite intricate, tricky word puzzles that may require a lot of different kinds of wordplay. Right, so? so? Oh, yes, I should tell you a book uh, coming out in the autumn, which is called The Twelve Quizzes of Christmas. And it sort of starts off set in this kind of debauched dystopia. But the narrator then discovers that her entire horrible reality has been constructed and fabricated by an angel in order to teach a man she has never met or heard of what his life would have been like if he'd never been born. (laughs) Uh, And she then inadvertently sabotages the angel's quest and corrupts the original hometown of the man that the angel was supposed to protect and ends up having to do penance by going into various uh, different dimensions and bringing happy endings to various Christmassy stories. Well, that sounds like a wonderful life.
1: Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, sounds fantastic,
2: and that's coming out. Well, it's coming. It's coming out at some point in the autumn. I'm not entirely sure when, but uh, yes. in the run up to Christmas. Will in be the run up to Christmas, yes, yes, absolutely. Fantastic. Well, thank you for that. Thank you. It's been it's been lovely to be on, uh, to be on the podcast. I've, I've really enjoyed great.
1: it. Always oh, great to have you here, General. That's all for now, folks. We'll see you in a fortnight. Bye-bye. Off Grid is a TLMB production. Hello to our new listeners in Switzerland. It's been a long time since I slid over the border to have a hot chocolate. Thank you to Falcon and The Independent for our puzzle today, and thank you to The Trudy for our theme tune. They are on Bandcamp. We are on Apple Podcasts, where it'd be great if you felt like leaving us a review or a rating there or in Spotify or Acast or anywhere else. Retweets welcome to hashtag offgridpod. Thank you. See you at
0: Fortnite Fruits. Oh, and by the way, that's because nine across in the grid was return, right? Yes. (laughs) Yes. That was what led me to, to spring that on you. I see.